Assalamu alaikum. My name is Fatma Sabra and I'm the host of your Muslim Girl podcast where you can come and get advice and we can all learn and grow together. So today's episode is actually very exciting because alhamdulillah we have this amazing guest on today, Tukar Ali, mashallah. Allahumma barik. She is this amazing fountain of wisdom and of knowledge. And I cannot wait for you to listen and learn. And I really enjoyed recording this episode and I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it with her. I do want to preface this episode by saying that there may be some little tech glitches, and I apologize in advance for that. I've definitely learned my lesson. I'm not going to be recording future guest episodes the way that I recorded this one just because of how much of a hassle it is and how glitchy it can be, so I apologize in advance for that. But without much further ado, let's get right into today's episode. All right, salam alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. All right, so after that little fiasco um, <laughs> of, you know, audio cutting out and whatnot, let's get um, right back into what we learned this week. So Tuka, would you care to share again? Sorry. Yes, um, no worries. What you learned this week? No worries. Um, yeah. So uh, being as today is Friday, I attended the Jum'ah khutbah and um, the khatib was talking about um, death which I thought was really interesting because I think as a community, we usually view it as more of a taboo topic um, and sort of something to stay away from. But um, he brought a very interesting perspective, which was that we should view death more as a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and an opportunity rather than um, something to be afraid of. So, um, for example, you know, as disbelievers, they might say that leaving this world is sort of um, a bad thing because their life is good and they just want to enjoy it and have fun and um, just do as they please. But um, and so when they when their their death arrives, you know, it's kind of just saying goodbye to all those good things. Um, But for us as believers, we should view it more as this life is a test and it's not necessarily meant to be um, enjoyed. It's not necessarily meant to be, you know, hated either. You can still enjoy it in a halal way, but the main focus of this life is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we should put in so much effort and strive to um, make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proud and happy with us. And then inshallah, when our death arrives, that's more of an opportunity for us to enter Jannah um and you know say goodbye to this life which was just full of um you know kind of hardship and struggles and striving to please Allah and then you know death is kind of the reward at the end of the tunnel so um yeah I just thought that was really interesting a a little interesting perspective to look at it I agree and I think even the reminder of death is a gift because it reminds us that you know, this life isn't the end goal, right? We're only here for a very short period of time. And then after that, you know, that's when the real journey begins. That's when we have the day of judgment. And then after that, inshallah, we have Jannah as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even the reminder of death can be a gift. So yeah, that's really interesting. You know, people don't normally talk about death being a gift. And, you know, yeah, it is definitely a taboo topic within the Muslim community where we kind of shy away from that. We're like, oh my gosh, death, you know, mm-hmm. it's scary. And yeah, it is because you know, you don't necessarily know what good deeds and what bad deeds you've committed. You don't know if, you know, you don't know how your skills stack up. 
So yes, it is something that is scary, but we should use it as a reminder that, you know, we're here to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only and that this life is in the end goal, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and there's even that hadith, it's uh, hadith Qudsi, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, my slave, uh, what my slave thinks of me is who I am. So if we just have this mentality that yes, inshallah, we're going to go to Jannah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful. And so you have, you know, full trust and full confidence in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in doing so, then inshallah, there's nothing that can hold us back other than, you know, our own selves. So um, inshallah, yeah, that is a good reminder. Yeah, exactly. So for what I learned this week, it's definitely not as, you know, (laughs) deep as death. (laughs) Um, but, you know, because Ramadan started, you know, only a few days ago, this is like our second fast. Mm -hmm. I realized, you know, when you enter Ramadan, you realize how much you have to work on. You're like, you know, from the last Ramadan, you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely screwed up somewhere along the way, you know, like like we Mm -hmm. just realized that there's so much that we're doing that we can definitely improve. And, you know, it's almost overwhelming. Where you're like, oh my gosh, like I have this time, I have 30 days max to work on myself before Shaitan starts his attack again. So yeah, that's definitely what I learned this week. You know, inshallah, we're all going to have an amazing Ramadan where we're going to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, you know, inshallah, may Allah grant us a successful Ramadan. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's a really good point. I think also Ramadan like teaches us what we're capable of too. So like... If you're able to commit to something, you know, start a good habit or end a bad habit, whatever it might be, and you're like keeping that up for 30 days, then, you know, what's to say that you can't do that for the rest of the year or, you know, for the rest of your life, if that. So um, I totally agree with you. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, Ramadan is an opportunity and we really have to treat it like that. And I think the big thing to remember is, you know, focus on a few main things like, okay, what are you the worst at, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what do you really want to get done? Hone in on those things and then go from there. Like you don't have to make it complicated for yourself. You know, keep it simple because life is hard enough as it is <laughs> in addition yeah. to fasting and, you know, all of the other stuff that life throws at us. So, yeah. And so as for the quote of the week, I went on Pinterest because that is where I get the majority of my quotes. And I thought this one was super cute. And basically it used Ramadan as an acronym. So it was like, you know, Ramadan and it was remember Allah morning, afternoon, day and night. Oh, and I, wow. I know. It was I just, love how it like flows. I know, exactly. Oh, and it's cute. this really concise little reminder yeah. of, you know, this is our goal during Ramadan, right? This is our focus. So I thought it was... I thought it encapsulated this episode pretty well. That's awesome. Am I allowed to share a quote as well? I know of you have course. two quotes yes. today. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. And so it says Ramadan is not a temporary ibadah. It is a glimpse of what you are capable of doing every day. If you could do it in Ramadan, you could do it for the rest of your life. Inshallah. Inshallah. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think, like you said, during your halaqa, um, mm-hmm. Ramadan is a springboard, right? It's not like, okay, Ramadan, alhamdulillah, you know, rest of the year, just chillax and kind of goof off. That's not the purpose of it, right? This yeah. is the time to fix ourselves and to 
really get down to the nitty gritty details of, okay, these are the things that I really don't want to be doing come next year. And just going from there. Exactly. Yeah. And also, like, if we think about it from even religious perspective, everyone's habits tend like we're always sort of, you know, going downhill. Why do we have summer break? It's it's to re-energize and reset our mental, physical, and emotional like state. And back in September time, we're when we have you know new journals and new highlighters, and you know we're super excited for the year. And then you know as the year progresses. And at the end, you know, you have finals, you're just barely making it like you don't have the same habits you did when you were first starting in September. So I think that when you look at Dean, it's the same idea, like Ramadan serves as sort of this summer break, you could call it like a reset button for us that we went through the whole year with super high Iman starting off. And then, you know, slowly bit by bit, you know, it's it just goes downhill. Um, And at least for me, I can't speak for everyone, but I feel like whenever Ramadan like rolls around, I'm always like at my worst. I don't know why, like I'm always, like it's very much needed for me. Like I'm like, yes, now I can, you know, boost my Iman way right back to the top and, you know, sort of start this cycle over again because, you know, Iman is always fluctuating and, You know, without this reset, I wouldn't be back up at the top. I agree 100%. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I totally understand what you're saying when you say that Ramadan comes when you need it the most. Right, Um, yeah. I think because life just gets us down, right? And when life gets us down, we forget to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way that he should be remembered. And then we're just not centered, right? Our deen is what keeps us centered and what keeps us sane, basically. And when you start to lose your grip on that, you know, life starts to feel too heavy to carry. 100%. Yeah. SubhanAllah, okay. Allah knows us more than we know ourselves. <laughs> he just knows when, when we need it best. I, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so I do have a couple of questions that we can kind of discuss. So... Yeah, so the first question is, what are some acts of worship that we should be focusing on during Ramadan? Okay, yeah, that's a great question. Okay, so um, I do have, like, uh, a list for the halakha I prepared previously. So I'll just go Perfect. through that. Yeah, um, it's not in any particular order, but these are just some, maybe, like, some practical things we can do to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, the first one is to do a lot, a lot, a lot of du'a. And the reason I'm like stressing this, it's number one, is because nothing is possible without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As big and as, you know, bad as we think we are, we cannot do anything. And we genuinely are nothing without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and interestingly enough, I heard this today that on the day of judgment when you are asked or you know after your death when you're asked um the three questions like who is your lord what is your dean and who is your prophet um the answer to the question who is your lord you will not be able to answer that just like it's going to be your subconscious talking so whatever your heart was attached that's who your lord is so whoever you come running to when there's a problem whoever you depend on, 
that is who you maybe not spiritually view as your Lord, but who you practically see as your Lord, because your actions are louder than your words sometimes. So if you're just like rushing to, um, I don't know, a friend or, you know, maybe you're like a binge eater and you just rush to food when you're upset or binge watching a show and you know maybe it's okay like once in a while but in unhealthy amounts like in very excessive amounts this can be very dangerous because you can in a way take this as your lord um so not to get too deep but the reason why da'a is stressed so much is because this is the point where we have reached um you know it should be and foremost that you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you in whatever situation you're in but not only that but you're acknowledging that you are powerless without Allah and that he can do anything for you so that's why um, you're reaching out to him and uh, inshallah if we keep up this dua in any situation that we're in even to the extent like um, a couple months ago I attended a halaqa and they were like talking about Amrullah, which is like um, when Allah command, then that that thing is able to to happen. So, for example, if you're thirsty, you drink water, um, you're quenched. But the reason you're quenched is not because of the water; it is because Allah allowed the water to quench your thirst. Yeah, that that makes a whole lot of sense. Wow, I yeah. didn't. Sometimes you don't think about it in that way when yeah. you don't connect it back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, right? Even though He's the one directly responsible for anything that happened, and we are powerless, right? Like you said, we are nothing without Him. So, yeah, it does make sense. So, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I I got way too deep into it, but yeah, that's du'a in a nutshell. Um, the second one is to get to know. The names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the 99 names. And this kind of goes hand in hand with dua because when I'm calling to Allah, uh, it's like I'm asking Allah for something. You know, imagine you're asking a friend for something. You have to be really close to that friend in order to ask them for a favor or for, you know, maybe you need something from them. Um, and in order to get to know that person or to get closer to them, you have to know their name their attributes things about them their characteristics and so in um in this uh perspective in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's case we have allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's 99 names and this ring the most merciful the most forgiving the ever loving the all hearing the closest to you and so when we know allah and we know his names and his attributes we're able to intensify our du'a rather than just calling upon Allah like, Ya Allah this, Ya Allah that. You can say, you know, Ya Allah, you are the most hearing and I know that you hear me, so please accept from me for you are the most forgiving. You know, things like that just to Mm -hmm. sort of, yeah, just to tighten and and intensify that relationship with with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's also an etiquette of du'a to use um, the 90. So, you know, uh, another example, if you were to like ask your mom for a favor, like let's say you want to like 
go out and you need to borrow money or you need her permission to go out, you wouldn't just be like, hey, mom, can I go out? You'd be like, mom, you're looking good today. Um, you know, maybe you do some chores around the house, um, butter her up a little bit so that she can actually give you the go. So same thing here. Um, we have to sort of glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using his names, you know, say alhamdulillah and, and make sure that we reciprocate that so that we're doing our uh, our good deeds in in return, you know, so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving, but we are also giving at the same time. Right. And I think when you use the 99 names, you're personalizing a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. Like. Like you said, you have to know someone really well in order to ask a favor. And you have to be able to personalize that relationship. We have to be able to personalize worship. And so the 99 names are definitely a way for us to do that. Yeah, 100%. Yes, that's a very good point. Okay, on to the third one. Um, the third one is dhikr or tasbih, which is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And... Um, a pretty well-known hadith, which is, or sorry, not hadith, it's an ayah in the Qur'an. Um, uh, remember me and I will remember you. It, and it's uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he remembers us, it is not like we're remembering him on our way to school and we're just under our breath being like, subhanAllah, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. Like when Allah remembers us, this is a huge, huge opportunity for us because he's going to remember us among the inhabitants of the heavens and of the angels and inshallah increase our mercy and our blessings so um there only only ever is good out of this um and you know even if you're not fully fully conscious like when you're or praying for example dhikr is just something you can do on your tongue and the rewards are literally endless. Just saying like astaghfirullah can erase your sins. Saying alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase you in those blessings. Saying subhanallah when you see something beautiful. Um, so yeah, this is just a little uh, thing that we can do um, throughout Ramadan and, and just always. Right. And again, using Ramadan as a springboard for these good habits, right? Making sure that you know, we're remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as possible because then that also prevents us from committing sins, right? Because you're too busy doing good deeds to even think about doing the sin or not even you're too busy to do the sin. You're like, I've been remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's remembered me. I don't want to go and commit this act even though he's going to commit, even though he's going to cover it for me out of his mercy. Mm. So true, subhanAllah. You're right. It's, 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 um... It's funny because I was talking to my friend earlier today and we were talking about just like, like, yes, it is difficult sometimes, uh, not even sometimes, most of the time, it's difficult to stay connected to your deen. And there's even a hadith that the Prophet said, holding, uh, there will a time will come where holding on to your deen is like holding on to a hot coal. And I, I really do think that we are approaching that time. But we look at it from an outsider's perspective. Everything in Islam, everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked us to do, it doesn't benefit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it benefits us, right? Okay. So, yeah, so us by us not praying or not reading the Qur'an, which is literally a guidance to how to succeed in the dunya and the akhirah, 
or you know not re- remembering Allah, excuse me, or following the Sunnah, for example, that is only going to dig us deeper into a hole. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala doesn't need our um, our worship. He doesn't need our um, good deeds. He's obviously self-sufficient and independent of anything so for us to sort of be arrogant and say you know what I'm not going to pray this today or I'm not going to do this good deed it's 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 almost like an attack on ourselves and there's even a a dua that's like um Allahumma zalamna anfusina dhulman kathiran fastaghfiru lana so it's like um we have um i don't know what volm means like volm is like we've kind of um it's almost like i think injustice right yes we've it's like injustice or oppression so it's like we have oppressed ourselves by not uh by not worshiping you and by not um following what you have given us to follow um so forgive us so again, that, that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. And I think honestly, that's what confuses the non-Muslims, right? When they're like, you have to pray, you have to fast Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you do that to yourself? You know, they're so mind boggled. Yeah. And when I have those conversations with people, I'm like, God doesn't tell me to do something that's not going to eventually benefit me long term. And yeah. I think it's the non-muslims don't view it that way they're like oh these are commandments you just have to do them and there's no purpose behind it god just wants you to do them there's a purpose behind them we might not necessarily know the purpose because we are human beings we have very very limited knowledge we are imperfect and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfect right and so for us with our imperfect knowledge to try to understand everything and the purpose behind everything that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to do is foolish right because we can't expect to understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to do or, you know, the purpose behind that. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you actually just reminded me of this book. It's called Atomic Habits. It's, it's yes. by uh, yeah, James, it's by Clear. James Clear. Yes. Yeah. I love that book. Yeah. So it's not it's not a, a religious book. It's a secular book. But it's kind of the same idea that you were talking about where when we put things like, oh, man, I have to do this. I have to pray today. I have to wake up for Fajr. I have to, you know, fast in Ramadan. For example, if we just replace the words have to with I get to, it almost makes it an opportunity for us. It's, it's almost like we are, we are benefiting, which it is benefiting us, Instead of saying, I have to fast, I get to fast, you know, we can take this concept for anything in our lives. And it almost makes, at least for me, it makes me appreciate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings that much more. You know, when I'm like, I've had a tired day at school and I have an, uh, a shift at work in the evening and I'm exhausted, but I'm not going to say, you know, I have to go to work. I say I get to go to work. Because now it's an opportunity for me to, you know, ex- expand my networking and get paid and, um, you know, add things to my resume. There's ever bounty, uh, growing things of, of a uh, can come from that. So I totally um, agree. Yeah. You just reminded me of that. So I, I just thought I'd share that. Yeah, for sure. 
And honestly, I do wish that society focused on appreciating the small things, even though we're like, yeah, you know, focus on gratitude and mindfulness, whatever, right? Because it's become a part of like the popular fitness culture, the popular wellness culture to focus on gratitude and mindfulness. You rarely hear someone saying, oh, you know, I get to go home and finish my schoolwork because that in and of itself is an opportunity. A, you have a place to go after school that's safe. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. B, you are able to invest time in your education. And many people in the world don't have that opportunity to, you know, work on their education. People are getting water, you know, they're taking care of family members. Like they just don't have the same kinds of opportunities that we do. And it is a mindset shift, right? When you say, I get to, instead of I have to, like like you said, it is an opportunity and it's a way for you to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you are able to appreciate those smaller blessings, So, yeah, I definitely think that's something that we should work on. And I think we should tell our friends about like, hey, you know, I learned this thing. Um, I get to go home and do homework, right? Even though it seems very strange to say, it is a way for us to, you know, kind of not only make that thing seem less antagonistic, but also be able to gain closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of it. 100%. SubhanAllah. That's a really beautiful concept. Okay, um, I have, uh, the, I don't remember what number we were at, fourth, the fourth tip, uh, practical yeah. tips to get closer to Allah, um, which is, it's kind of obvious, but staying connected to the Quran, and I think this is one that we can, well, we, we tend to get distracted sometimes and, and forget it's a thing that can help us throughout our day-to-day affairs. Um, I'm definitely guilty of letting it just sit on the shelf for weeks and weeks on end. Astaghfirullah, um, may Allah forgive me. But um, the Quran is, and we know that it is um, the only way that we can get through uh, success. So reading it, memorizing it, understanding it, teaching others, contemplating it, living by it, just sort of surrounding yourself always with the Qur'an, um, lessons from the Qur'an. Even if it's just a single ayah, um, that one day, that's enough. Um, but we should always, always, always strive to stay connected to the Qur'an and persist realm. Right. Yeah, honestly, we are totally guilty. Like, I'm definitely guilty of, you know, just reading the Quran and then just kind of leaving it at that. I'm like, oh, I don't need to do the translation or whatever. <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, Sheikh Ali was talking about it in the Monday Halakha and he was like, imagine memorizing the directions to, say, like a movie theater, right? But you mm-hmm. don't know what any of the roads are. You don't know any of the streets, whatever. And then, you know, you go back to the person that gave you the directions and they're like, okay, can you repeat them to me? And you repeat them, right? But you don't understand what they mean. So the Quran is our roadmap. It is our guide. And in order to be able to really connect to it, yeah, we have to understand it. So what I wanted to do with Ramadan was almost like Quran journaling, where like, you know, you listen to tafsir, you read the Quran, obviously, like you read it in Arabic read the translation, um, kind of reflect on it. Okay, what are my thoughts? What did I learn about the Quran, about this Quran that I didn't know before? So that was something that I wanted to do this Ramadan just so that I could really 
focus on maintaining that relationship with the Quran and, you know, maintaining khushur in salah. Because it is important, right, to really make sure that we are personalizing that relationship that we have with the Quran as well. 100%. And I love the word you use, personalizing, because I was going to say it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about just personalizing your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Quran is literally the word of Allah. So although when you speak to Allah in your dua, you might not necessarily get a spoken response back. But the Qur'an is literally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking to you. He's not talking to anyone else. And you can make it as personalized as you want. It's about how you look at the Qur'an and what situation you're in at the time. And this just really contemplating what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means to me. Um, even when you're just reading one word of this, of, of like reflect on its meaning. Um, we say like you really really contemplate and make it super super personalized so um, I think yeah in terms of uh, staying connected to the Quran is is really really important because that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala communicates back to you um, in a direct way 100% yeah and you know may Allah make it easier for us to connect to the Quran and through that connection gain closeness to him over the course of ramadan inshallah for the rest of our lives as well Amen. okay lastly is to follow the sunnah of the prophet mm-hmm. and this one is kind of a given um the prophet وسلم, is the most perfect human being to walk this earth and like we said earlier it would almost be oppression and volm to ourselves to footsteps because he's already paved the way for us. So, you know, if you have a destination you're trying to get to and someone's already shoveled the snow, you're not going to just, like, move off the path and just, like, climb, like, tons and tons of snow. You're just going to go through the paved way. So this is kind of Salalaliwazim's path that he's already created for us. And we are, alhamdulillah, so blessed to be able to just follow literally in his footsteps he had the best of mannerisms the best of ethics um his sunnas were perfected and he was the closest to the to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so um following his only ever reap benefits um and again it's something that we tend to overlook yeah i agree i think nowadays people ask you know oh is it sunnah i can leave it whereas exactly. in the times of the sahaba they're like oh is it sunnah let me do it you know, so there's this very radical shift in mindset that we have now. And it honestly, it is problematic because, you know, we have to gain closeness to Allah through our love of Rasulullah wasallam, right? So like we're going to be amongst the people whom we love on the Day of Judgment and showing that love for Rasulullah wasallam is, you know, following his sunnah reading his theater, you know, because those things make you feel more connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is definitely that, like something that we need to be prioritizing, whether it's like, you know, the sunnah prayers or, you know, eating suhoor or like, you know, relatively close to when Fajr comes in or like, you know, breaking your fast quickly. All these little things, like it doesn't take much, you know, to implement these small sunnahs into your life. Yeah, 100%. And even if like you look from 
uh, like the scientific perspective, almost all of the sunnahs that at least have been researched are are actually like scientifically proven to be better for your health or better for your wellness in some way, like um, sitting while you're drinking or eating is um, is apparently it helps with digestion and blood flow and a bunch of other good things. So uh, subhanAllah, just again, that that like you said, that mindset of um, seeing it as a, as a benefit and not something maybe that you have to, but you get to do it and sort of putting that arrogance aside where, oh man, like I don't want to do this extra thing. Like, yes, I get to do this extra thing because it's better for me. So um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And honestly, like we have to discipline our nafs, right? Because we're going to want to do things left and right. But we can't possibly expect to fulfill all of those desires because then we're no better than, you know, the people that don't have deen, right? And we've been Mm -hmm. lucky enough to be gifted deen. And so we have to hold on to that. And again, like that, like focusing on, oh, I got to instead of I have to honestly completely changes the relationship that you have with the things that yes are necessary for you to do but you can make them an opportunity to grow and learn 100 percent alhamdulillah yeah so that's it for the first question um you can okay so mm-hmm. moving on another thing is you know during ramadan we find it so hard you know like you're balancing school and life and you know family relationships and you know fasting all at once so how Mm -hmm. can we kind of you know make Ramadan almost easier for ourselves in trying to maintain and uphold all those different holds and all those different aspects of our life while focusing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and focusing on deen that's a great question actually I think that it does kind of go hand in hand with the first question where you're kind of prioritizing these things that are going to benefit you at the end of the day more than harm you. Um, So, for example, if you're following the sunnah and you're prioritizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your life, like reading the Quran and dhikr and making du'a to him, I mean, first and foremost, you should make du'a if this is something that um, you want to prioritize then make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easier for you. And I think that doing dhikr, it doesn't take any time. You can do it literally on the bus on your way to school, for example. Um, And just um, following the sunnah, reading Quran, things um, will help you, inshallah. But um, as more, I guess, practically, uh, I would say time management is a big one. I think that, um, I mean, alhamdulillah, us Muslims, we already have the five daily prayers that we can sort of schedule our day around. And we have the night prayer, which reaps so many benefits. It's uh, like seriously unimaginable. If we just wake up, let's say an hour before Fajr, pray to Hajjud and uh, stay up after Fajr. Um, the Prophet Wasallam made a dua to Allah and I, I personally think it's still alive until now and it was um, Allahumma ja'al um, barakati fi ummati um, this might not be the exact words just to clarify but Allahumma barakati fi ummati fi bukuriha like in its early mornings may Allah bless the early mornings for my ummah so um, that 
is a start. Uh, I think usually when people ask uh, how they can sort of make time, I would say wake up earlier. The, the amount of time you have in the morning versus at night, your productivity levels are much higher. Um, even if it's the same, let's say three hours, but you do them in the morning instead of at night, you will have so much more productivity and um, the results will skyrocket in the morning versus at night. Um, and I do also want to stress that time is a big thing. If you're wasting your time and then you're wondering, oh, like, where did my time go? I had no time to spend with my family or do my homework or, you know, prioritize other things. Um, then it's sort of a way for you to just reflect on your day, see where your time is going, how much time are you allocating to Quran and Deen um, formally and directly, and how much you are doing indirectly, for example, school, work, family time. And then on the third category would just be free time that you kind of just spent doing nothing or binge watching a show or just scrolling through TikTok, whatever it might be. Um, those time wasters uh, see where you're budgeting your time and figure out um, where your most of your time is going. So if it is going to wasting time and then come the end of the day and you have no time to do anything, then it comes down to just budgeting your time better and managing your time better. Yeah, totally. And honestly... Like scheduling out your day, I think definitely helps with that. I'm very inconsistent, even though I've made a Same. plan and everything, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I noticed like, okay, hey, when I follow the schedule, I feel so much better. Because I'm like, okay, I'm actually getting done what I need to get done. You know, I think last week or whatever, I had a pretty busy weekend where I just I had some stuff that I needed to get done because I was busier on Saturday whatever right um, mm -hmm. and so I was like okay you know I'm gonna sit down I'm gonna schedule out my day and alhamdulillah I ended up finishing basically everything so time blocking scheduling all of that super super important and honestly I think it's also super important to remember that we're only human and that we're gonna slip up and yeah. that life in and of itself is hard right and Ramadan came as a gift and so, yeah, there are going to be times when it's going to feel hard. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, like I'm fasting and I'm just so exhausted. You're like, hang in there. Okay, inshallah, it's going to get better. And, you know, it's okay to take breaks. Like, you know, it's okay to kind of sit down. Okay, let me just, you know, let me read a book for like, you know, half an hour, whatever, right? Just to kind of recharge yourself so that you can come back to Ibadah in a more recharged way, right? In a way that you're able to do it better and that you're able to focus on your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with more focus, and that's okay because we're not meant to, you know, be 100% all the time, right? It just doesn't work that mm -hmm. way. Yeah, exactly. No, and 100%. When you have your highs, there's going to come lows. You know, it's bound to happen. The, the important thing to remember is that when you are going through your lows, we know the, the ayah, yusra, when there's hardship, there is ease. So just keep pushing yourself. You know, don't just sit there at the bottom and be like, you know what, I'm stuck here. Times will get better, inshallah, and it will, um, uh, you know, go look up for you. Um, and I do also struggle with time management 100%. I think that 
it's very easy to fall into the procrastination mindset, especially when it works for you. But Wallahi, yeah, like you said, when you budget your day and you stick to your schedule, even if it is just for one day, you can see the productivity rise. You can see your mental health just better overall. And you just feel better, I think, emotionally overall. Um, so I think, yeah, um, one thing I would recommend is first and foremost to make dua. Um, I always say, Allahumma barikli fi waqti. Um, may Allah put barakah in my time because even time is a blessing that we tend to overlook. And the second thing I would say is to try, try your best to stick to your schedule. And um, I attended a talk a couple years ago. I still remember this stuck to me because it was a, a long, long time ago. But I remember um, that the speaker had a friend and his friend was he said the most productive person he'd ever met so he asked him you know what's your secret why are you how are you so productive all the time and he said the night before each day he scheduled his day to the second like he doesn't waste a single second he plans out from the second he wakes up to the second he goes to sleep everything he's going to do and he just sticks by it so inshallah you know maybe we we haven't reached that level yet but um it is definitely somewhere to start from so at least you know scheduling your day or making a to-do list um being a little bit more organized with our time and trying to stay consistent with it 100 percent, and honestly something i love saying on this podcast and i think anyone who's listened to it knows this saying by heart by now or knows that i'm obsessed with it and it's that growth isn't linear it yeah. never was it never will be and you just kind of have to accept that and move on because life is going to be hard you are going to have your highs and your lows and that's okay it's part of the journey so yeah 100% and it, it like if you know that this is something you're struggling with and you're putting in an effort to try and change it um another like sort of quote that i have is do your best and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do the rest so as yeah. long as you're putting an effort to try and budget your time properly and make time for the priorities that you have, then inshallah, Allah will make it easy for you. And this goes for anything. It can go for, um, you know, you want to connect more to the Quran, put in some effort, you know, make time in your day. You know, today I'm going to read this many pages of Quran and inshallah, Allah will make it easy for you to understand it, memorize it, live by it um, and all that good stuff. You know, I think that's a, like, I totally agree. I think that's a phrase that we get taught as little kids, you know, and try your best, Allah will do the rest, but we don't really apply it. You know, as we get older, we're like, you know, life starts to pick up pace a little bit more and we just kind of forget. But yeah, mm -hmm. we have to remember that, you know, ultimately everything belongs to Allah, but you have a responsibility as well. You have to take accountability for your actions and understand that hey, I can't just sit around, laze about, and then expect to get something good out of it. Exactly, yeah. Like, even, like, thinking about anything, like studying for an exam, you can't just, like, laze around all day and then come five minutes before the exam and just make a tremendous amount of da'a. Like, it's not going to happen. Allah gave you the ability to study. He gave you the time. He gave you the resources. So it is on you. And that's, like, the concept of tawakkul, which is, like, relying on Allah, 
a lot of people misunderstand um, it as just Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala got me, like he's going to take care of me. But yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah will take care of you, but you have to put in the work. Um, there's also like a, a nice story at the Prophet's time. Where, um, a man came to pray uh, at the masjid and he tied his camel outside of the masjid. And then, oh no, sorry, this is when the Prophet was going to uh, in Isra'ul Ma'raj and he ties his buraq, which is like a heavenly creature, he ties it outside of Masjid Al-Aqsa. And so everyone's caught up on this point, like why would the Prophet tie the buraq? This is literally like a creature straight from heaven. Like, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. It's by the command of Allah. Allah would just tell it to stay there. Like, he doesn't have to worry. But it just goes to show that the Prophet ﷺ did his part. And then he had tawakkul in Allah. If he hadn't tied it, then, you know, you don't have anyone to blame but yourself. If it had run away, for example. So exactly. same concept. Yeah, so same concept for, for school, for work, for deen. Uh, especially Dean, actually, we do need to try our best to um, to get closer to Allah, and then inshallah, Allah will make the path easy easy for us. And I think it's important to recognize that trying our best doesn't mean being perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Perfection is just unattainable for us because we're created imperfect, right? But what trying our best does look like is recognizing, hey, maybe I could have tried harder, you know, but I did do this, and you know, inshallah, it's going to be enough. You know, this is my plan to do better next time. You know, like really being self-aware and knowing, okay, these are my pitfalls. Here's how I can plan for them. You know, obviously make the raft from the start. Okay, Allah, I'm doing this for you. Aid me in my endeavor. Do your best. And then inshallah, Allah will take care of it for you. 100%. Beautifully said. So do we want to move on to like your past Ramadan experience? Like what is something that you didn't expect last Ramadan? last ramadan okay hmm got me on the spot here but i will say last ramadan because i think it was the first ish one to be in in person after after covid i think i did get a little bit more distracted than i than i should have um mm-hmm. years before that i was at home and you know i was really honed in on my ibadah and like I had no distractions but I think when you're surrounded by people um, although it's good to be surrounded by people at times I think there are also times where we need to just sort of block out the noise and be super focused so I think my my takeaway for Ramadan which I can learn from last Ramadan to sort of focus on myself and not get distracted with those around me I, I definitely fell into the, like, going out after um, after Tarawih, staying out until Suhoor, and, like, being throughout the day, which is super counterproductive, all what Ramadan is for. Um, right. I'm still grateful that it happened, alhamdulillah, because now I'm able to sort of learn for it, from it, and alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed me with another opportunity. So, inshallah, that's my goal this year, is to just remain focused and um kind of just focused on myself inshallah may Allah enable all of us to do that yeah Mm -hmm. 
honestly I don't know if like what things were unexpected for myself because looking back to last Ramadan like it seems like it was just a blur Mm -hmm. um like last year was just so different from all the other years of my life I'm just starting a new chapter and whatnot so it just went by really fast and I think Mm -hmm. what kind of maybe looking back kind of surprised me and kind of doesn't is how fast the bad habits degraded you know like I came out of Ramadan and I was like okay I'm gonna fast every Monday and Thursday and you know I'm gonna stay super connected to the Quran I'm gonna finish one you know reading through it at least once by the time this Ramadan hits you know and it just didn't end up happening and I think not only is it that I just lost the discipline but it's also because I didn't set myself up for success I didn't set myself up with these systems that, you know, James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits, right? Like, you have to make it, you know, appealing to yourself. You have to make it something that you're holding yourself accountable for. So, like, definitely, that's definitely something that I want to prevent myself from falling into again after this Ramadan ends. Because, again, it's a springboard, right? And we don't want to lose that momentum that we've just gotten because Shaitan's back and he's like, hey, let me just, you know, direct your attention this way yeah i i feel for you girl like i i also fell into the the downward spiral after ramadan it's it's definitely something i think everyone falls into um and it's natural like ramadan is a time to be increasing your ibadah and increasing and doing extra um but at the same time we don't want that at the expense of you know doing our good habits for the rest of the year so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us and allow us to build habits that last us for the rest of the year Amin. Amin, and for the rest of our lives inshallah as well Amin. all right so i think that is a pretty nice place to wrap up we were pretty comprehensive i think this time yeah. around yeah, this was a great discussion. Khairan, I learned so much. Yeah, well, yeah, inshallah. I I learned so much, honestly, <laughs> having you on here. So how was your first podcast experience? How are you feeling after having officially been on a podcast? Oh, this is so great, honestly. I, I like I, journaling, but like verbal. <laughs> so you can just talk and talk your mind. And there's no judgment. It's just a little conversation with you. It was really, really nice. Alhamdulillah, that's good. I mean, we have mashallah. And I honestly, like, I appreciate having you on here, mashallah. Like, you have so much knowledge and, you know, understanding. Um, and may Allah increase you in that and reward you for it. So I definitely learned so much from having you on here. Inshallah, everyone else learn more from, you know, having you on here as well. So, yeah, I really appreciate you being here. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, how can they do that? I guess my Instagram would be the best way. It's a little bit uh, weird, but it's Tuka Ali. So T-U-K-A-A-L-I and then two more I's. So I-I-I. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Whatever yeah. works, honestly. Um, yeah, so if you guys would like to get in contact with me, always feel free to reach out to me at the Muslim Girl Podcast. As Tuka said, you can always reach out to her at her Instagram, inshallah, and I can leave it in the description box down below. And I guess they can send you questions that they have or if they just want to connect. Yeah, 100%. I I should also mention, I am a psychology major, um, hopefully graduating next year. 
So um, if there's anything psychology related, I can try my best. I guess that would be my specialty. Um, and yeah, of course, if there's any unrelated questions, I'll try my best to redirect people to know. Um, but yeah, I guess just uh, psychological distress or emotional, um, you know, if you're feeling like a little bit emotionally imbalanced, whatever the case may be, I am 100% ready to talk and um, welcoming and have ears wide open. All right. Well, Jazakallah Khairan. So like for being on here, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on here and share your wisdom and your knowledge with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. And if you ever, ever have, you know, an opportunity in the future, I'm more than happy to come back. Okay, inshallah. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on here, inshallah. That'll be great. So that was our conversation between myself and Tuka. And Tuka, once again, thank you so, so much for being on here. I really, really appreciate it. And hopefully you enjoyed it as well, you as a listener. And if you would like to have her on again, definitely let me know. Let me know what topics you guys want to hear me discuss and you want to hear me and Tuka talk about. So yeah, and if you have not yes been able to download my planners if you have not yet been able to download my ramadan planner i know some of you have been asking okay how do i download it it will be in the description of this episode and it was in the description of my last episode i will be leaving the link for it and you'll be able to download it it will say ramadan planner and you'll be able to click the link it'll open up a pdf version for you and then you can either download it to your computer or just print straight from there so inshallah that will help you out ramadan mubarak to all of you may allah grant us all a successful ramadan if you would like to ever get in contact with me you definitely can at your muslim girl podcast on instagram feel free to follow me on pinterest and definitely go and join my patreon because in there you are able to see these weekly bonus episodes that you guys get there are also behind-the-scenes content. Inshallah, sometime soon we'll be doing some kind of a live stream. Additionally, you can also go purchase my planners at my Etsy, which I will be leaving in the description box as well. So I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate you supporting me on this journey. And I will see you next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.